We're live. Yay! Hello, hello. <laughs> um, we're gonna wait maybe a minute or two for people to join, and we'll get started with Sierra. So I'm curious how the weather is where you're at because it has just been <laughs> hot in the Midwest. Has it been hot? Because you're Ridiculous. wearing a jacket, so I wasn't sure. So it's hot outside, <laughs> but my air conditioner is cranked up pretty high so we can sleep at night because it's so muggy in here. Like I cannot turn the air off or it just starts getting crazy humid. <laughs> oh, gotcha. It's um. So what we have here is called a monsoon. Um, it's supposed to be monsoon season right now. And actually monsoon, anytime it like happens, it reminds me of back to school because it always happens around August and that's our back to school time. Mm -hmm. um, right now in Phoenix, our monsoon's not that crazy, but our our storms can be like detrimental, like trees can fall down. Mm -hmm. um, in Tucson, where I grew up, it would flood because we don't really have like a sewage, mm -hmm. like I don't know, like a drainage system <laughs> because we're not used to <laughs> all that rain. Um, I think like a couple of years ago, it flooded the freeway that like kids from college would like bring their little floaties. Like the flood <laughs> can be bad. <laughs> oh my gosh. That, that's um, a very college kid thing to do. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh, good Lord. But anyways. Um, okay. Well, I guess there's a, there's a couple of people joining us already and we are live. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm always so excited to post another LinkedIn Live. It's always just so fun to have these conversations. And especially because it's not edited or anything. It's just like raw, like free information just flowing on flowing from our brains. So true, like this is our true essence here. And I love that kind of conversations. Um, so with me, I have Sierra Richard. Um, I actually, <laughs> I actually, um, initially was introduced her through her YouTube channel um, because I was looking at like content creating and I was trying to see what other pharmacists and um, pharmacy people doing on on social media and I found her YouTube channel and I I feel like you've grown a lot on YouTube um, in, in terms of like the numbers of subscribers that you have on there um, can you kind of introduce yourself and then walk us through a little bit of that journey because I always find that to be so fascinating. Oh, let me turn off the music. <laughs> I don't know. It was a nice little vibe going on there. <laughs> I know, right? I was, I was feeling the groove. <laughs> um, um, so uh, just to introduce myself. So like she said, my name is Sierra Richard. So I am in my day job, a clinical pharmacist specialist in investigational drugs. So I am on the research side of things. Um, I was a clinical staff pharmacist at a women's and children's hospital. I worked night shift for a couple years before transitioning into this role. And she also mentioned that I do have a YouTube channel. So when I was in pharmacy school, I realized that there weren't a lot of people that were in the pharmacy space that were on YouTube. And a lot of the pharmacists that were on the space at the time were making content more focused on patients, but there weren't a lot of people who were making content to help students, residents, and other pharmacists just understand the profession. And so when I started my YouTube channel, I was like, I think there just needs to be more pharmacists in this space. I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, I did the normal process of spending way too much time trying to figure out what I was going to call the channel versus actually learning how to build <laughs> a YouTube channel. 
And so I announced that I was going to create a YouTube channel before I even knew how to edit a video, how to upload a video on YouTube, because I was like, if I don't tell people I'm going to do this, I'm just going to continue down this path, which mm-hmm. lasted a couple of months of just trying to figure out how to set everything up. So I gave myself a deadline. And so on January 1st, it was, I guess, 2019, I announced that Happy Farm Life was going to have a YouTube channel. And a couple of weeks later, I posted my first video. Um, I actually made a post on Instagram about it the other day with my extremely embarrassing thumbnail, but I've kept that video up just to show the journey and the process of being on there because it's been quite the process. Let me tell you, I learn something <laughs> new every day and I've been doing this for over four years, going on five years now. So I've just really enjoyed putting different content out there. My channel has adapted and changed as my well, my journey in pharmacy has changed. You know, I started out Mm -hmm. as a student and now I'm in a clinical specialist role in research. So that's a very different uh, place than I was when I started. And so I have really been focusing more recently on the transition for new pharmacists. I feel Mm -hmm. like that's a area where you kind of like finish pharmacy school or you finish residency and it's like, okay, go out in the world and figure it out. And you're like, wait a second. (laughs) I had all of this support in pharmacy school, all these people around me. And as a resident, you have quite a bit of support as well because you have your preceptors and you have an RPD Mm -hmm. and you're doing all these check-ins and then you get on the real world and you're like, oh, I maybe don't meet with my manager, except maybe (laughs) once a quarter, if you're lucky, you know, um, I'm lucky because my job, we have a very hands-on manager. When you have research, we're doing a lot of weird things. So we have huddles and I get to see her a lot. But in my previous role on nights, I didn't see my manager except for the once quarterly meeting that we were required to have, which is a very different level of support that you get. And so that's where I've been focusing now. So I think this conversation about co-resident relationships is great because those relationships can move in and be part of that support system that you need after you finish Mm -hmm. your residency. Yeah, I think what you said is so true. You don't really know what you're getting into. Um, after even after residency i was so like cocky i guess i was like so confident i did two years of residency like i've got this and so i went to my first job thinking like okay like i'm so proficient at everything and then boom it hits me that i don't really know what the support system is supposed to look like i don't really know like how to adapt myself in this new work environment now and now I'm a pharmacist and so I'm like on my own I don't have people to like come to to be like do you think this is right you know it's like <laughs> nope that's on you now like you can ask for a second opinion now but your ma- your main opinion is now your mm-hmm. recommendation so I'm really glad that you're sharing your story and this is why I, I felt really um like I resonated with your content because I'm also here trying to you know establish this like hey these are challenges that you may run into and we can all we can overcome this but let us who have already done it (laughs) show you maybe an easier path of navigating through this system so appreciate you being here one of the um so i see that you've been doing some podcasts as well on your youtube and um you've you've been kind of putting that kind of content out one of the uh, videos that i saw was about you talking about your residency experience um, can you kind of give us a rundown of a little bit of like what year you did your residency? Because I think you just graduated, which is another reason why I wanted to talk to you is because I've graduated like years ago. And I'm like, I feel like I'm a little bit far out from like the residency experience itself. Um, 
So give us a little bit of a timeline as to when you started your residency and then kind of like give us a background story of like what your experience was. Yeah, so I finished my PharmD at the University of Missouri, Kansas City School of Pharmacy in 2019 and immediately transitioned into residency. And when I say immediately, I had like a couple of weeks from my graduation date to my start of residency because we actually started at the beginning of June. So it was a very quick turnaround. And during that time, my husband and I were trying to figure out what we were going to do. We were living in Missouri. He had a job that was a good fit for him at the time. And he found out that he was up for an opportunity to get promoted. And he ended up getting that promotion right before I was going to leave for residency. And we had to make the decision that was really hard of, does he stay here while I go to Texas, which is where my residency was going to be. He was living in Missouri or do, you know, do I ask him to uproot everything and come with me and probably have no job for a while. And it was a really difficult decision. You know, you're in this position where it's like, we have to make a decision fast. Um, Mm, if you know, you're going to come with me or not. And so we found an apartment that it would have been a tight fit, but we could have fit us both in there if he decided to come with me. And we did make the difficult decision that he was going to stay in Missouri. And that was a really rough time just to start out Mm. because you know what happens when you graduate not only are you graduating, if you're going to residency, you're trying to move. And then you're also trying to pass boards and figure out how to get licensed and all of the things that go on with that. So I, we were going through this conversation of stay, go, and then moving into residency. So I started out residency. I was pretty stressed, not going to lie. <laughs> um, my husband and I have known each other since sixth grade. And we had done long distance (laughs) before, but it's hard because we've had each other as a support system close by this entire time. And even when we were doing long distance, it was driving distance. So it was, you know, I could see him on the weekend easily. It wasn't a whole lot of planning. So went into residency and the residency that I was in did the 12 days on two days off Mm -hmm, set up. Um, very rough as far as I didn't know they still do that, to be honest. I um, didn't know that they still implemented that. Unfortunately, some places still have that in place and it's very, very hard on your mental and physical health. And so, you know, I started out trying to get licensed while I was in residency. We did do some cool things at the beginning. Like my favorite part of residency was actually, we got to go to a camp for kids that had asthma. It was (laughs) you know, going to asthma camp was like the best thing about residency because we had our little cabin. We had these kids, we were talking about inhalers and just letting them do stuff that kids with asthma don't normally get to do. Like we were doing water sports. We were out on boats and they were canoeing. They were on horses. And so it was really cool to like work with them. I was at a pediatric hospital. So hence why we were doing that. Um, but it was super fun. So that's how residency started. And then you get in the nitty gritty where you're in the PICU. I was staffing in the ER and I was the black cloud of my residency, which means every time Uh-oh. that I would like go oh. into the ER or go into the PICU, somebody would code. Like I saw so many code mm-hmm. blues. It was insane. And so many traumas. And that really wears on you over time, especially when you're working the weekend and then you turn around on Monday and you have five more days before you get a day off to really like mm. process what you're seeing. 
And so that started to weigh on me over time. And I ended up in a position where I was extremely burned out about the October range, which I feel like is a normal time for Mm -hmm. uh, residents to start feeling some of that anxiety and pressure, because it's not only were you trying to do everything for residency. You're also starting to do the prep for mid-year at that point. And that means you're also trying to figure out, am I going to do a PGY-2 or not? And my goal at the time had been, I'm going to do a PGY-2. I'm going to be a NICU clinical pharmacist specialist. Like that was the goal. But I had been in the PICU and I decided I didn't like PICU. I'd been in the ER and decided I didn't like ER. I'd been in the NICU. I decided I did really love NICU but I didn't really like the cardiac ICU. And so my idea of doing the second year in critical care, I was like, wait a second, I only like the NICU. That's not enough maybe to do another year of this, doing all these Mm -hmm. other things that I already know I don't really like and I'm not really interested in. So I actually went into mid-year trying to go for a PGY-2 in med safety because I had really enjoyed that aspect Mm. of it. Um, and after mid-year and um, possibly a few tears in the office of the med safety officer who'd been my mentor, I decided maybe that wasn't what I really wanted to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the pandemic hit. And then that was a whole nother set of experiences. And looking back now, we were very fortunate in the pediatric world that a lot of kids weren't getting it right out of the gate. So we were not overwhelmed and flooded like many places mm. were. But we were dealing with a different issue with the kids that we did have. We weren't under the emergency use authorization. And actually, because of the pandemic, I had to change one of my uh, experiences. So I was supposed to be in the cystic fibrosis clinic. It, It was like the end of March, beginning of April. Well, nobody was coming to the cystic fibrosis clinic in the middle of a pandemic. And so they were trying to figure everything out. She's like, I just don't think it's a good experience. So I actually went to investigational drug service. And that was my first experience in investigational drugs, which is my current role. So I was very grateful for that. But overall, um, I had a couple of great co-residents, which really (laughs) helped me through that. (laughs) It sounded like it was a very stressful start to the residency Mm -hmm. year, which I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, And I believe, you know, like when you don't have your typical support system, especially if you have to move, because I forget that portion of it too. Mm -hmm. Again, I've been out of it so long that I forget all the stress that you have. And you're also like, you're, you're very young, you know, like Mm -hmm. you're in your early 20s when you're starting out residency, Mm -hmm. you're, you don't have a lot of that life skill yet to like really keep you afloat when it's so stressful and it's all coming at you and also you're thinking about like there's just so much going on like you're like if I don't do well in this year there may be that possibility that I'm you know bad things will happen basically right you you always go down that road so yeah tell me about how your co-residents supported you through this whole thing and how important it is to have that kind of support system so I think I have to start by saying that I had incredibly great co-residents And it did help that I'd actually met one of them prior, like before we matched, we actually were in an interview together in Utah. We had applied to the same program and we went through quite the experience there. There was a huge snowstorm the day of our interview there. And we both had challenges getting to the hospital in this snowstorm because it was like a blizzard, like a whiteout blizzard on our interview day. And we ended up going to trivia the night before. So I got to know her, but we had no idea we were going to be co-residents. You know, it was like, Mm -hmm. okay, I saw this girl, maybe one, you know, we knew we were interviewing at one other place, you know, that we were both applying to. 
and that was that. I thought maybe that was going to be a good colleague to have in the future, but I never expected her to be my co-resident. And so we came in with at least somewhat knowing each other. We weren't complete strangers, but I had one PGY1 co-resident and a PGY2 co-resident. And so when we started out, it's like any new relationship, like you're just trying to get to know each other, right? Like you don't really know anything about this person other than you both like pharmacy, all of us like pediatrics. I knew Mackenzie, which was the PGY2, really liked oncology because that was what she was doing her PGY2 specialized in pediatrics in. And that's about the extent of what we do. You know, I do. But you know, that's a pretty, I mean, that's a pretty decent thing that you all have in common already. Like you mm-hmm. don't have to like explain to another person like what it is that you're doing day to day. It's like, oh yeah, that happened again. And you can all relate. So I guess you already have like something truly amazing in common already. Yeah. And I would say there's a lot of different specialties out there. And so I think for us, it was lucky that we all liked pediatrics because that's something you can bond mm. over very easily. Like, why are we doing this? Why are we wanting to take care of kids specifically? Yeah. Yeah. And so how did that friendship go? I guess before we even start, I don't know if this is a good time to ask you this, but I get a lot of people asking me, like, can you talk about res? co-residency relationships like can you talk about making friends during that year why do you think people are so scared or like intimidated to be like oh yeah i'm gonna have co-residency we're gonna be best friends like why do you think they have so much like um i I don't know worries around that so i think there's two sides of it i would say the less common side is the people come in with expectations and they're worried they're not going to be met so they come in with the expectation that your co-resident is going to be your best friend (laughs) And you're best friends for life. They're going to be in your wedding if you're not married yet. They're going uh-huh. to be there for your kids. They're going to be called aunt and uncle because they've heard people have mm-hmm. that kind of relationship with their co-residents. They've seen people who are best friends. One of the people that was in the residency where I work, they are best friends. And one of the male co-workers were like a bridesmaid at her wedding or, uh, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. that, like he that is their best, they are best friends and they do stuff yes. together all the time. and. So people sometimes come in with the expectation that that's what they want out of a co-resident is they want somebody who's going to be a best friend for life. And then I think on the other side, which is probably the more common side that people struggle with this, is they are hoping that they don't fall into the situation where they're co-resident and they hate each other. Like people are worried that they're going to get into residency and them and their Mm co-resident are just not going to get along. They're going to hate the entire year because their co-resident and them don't get along at all. And they're fearful that they're going to have a bad experience with a co-resident. And I think some of that comes from people getting on that pharmacy residency Reddit and hearing the horror stories of having Mm. bad co-residents. But the reality is most people are going to fall somewhere in the middle, right? You're not going to be the best friend forever, but you're going to be colleagues. You're going to be cordial and you're probably going to be friends afterwards. And I feel like that's where me and my co-residents kind of fall we mm. still have text conversations. We've bonded over all the stuff that Taylor Swift is doing still. Um, <laughs> we still reach out when there's like clinical questions. I frequently were mm-hmm. like, hey, my site is getting ready to start this. Has your site done this? What are you doing for this drug? Because all of us have some sort of pediatric oncology work that we do. So we have a lot of peds oncology questions that we bounce off each other still. Okay. But we don't, we're not talking every right. single day. We're not, you know, doing some of these 
best friend things that, you know, some people are hoping that that will come. So I think a lot of it's just fear of either expectations not being met or we're going to hate each other. So what, what is the most realistic expectation that people should come into their residency with? Like, what is that mindset? I think just looking for somebody to be a colleague, especially in these larger Mm -hmm. uh, residency programs. So I was relatively small. There were three of us. Um, Sometimes there's four in that residency program, but there was three that year. And so going in, you know, we had probably a closer relationship that some do because there was only three of us. But if you're in a larger program, you're looking for these as think of them first as networking opportunities. Like these are people that you're going to be able to go back to use as a resource in the future. Hopefully a colleague that you'll see at conferences and be able to interact with. So trying to use it as a networking opportunity, think of them as like peers in the future because that's what they are. And then you can build friendships off of that because I've built friendships with other colleagues that I've networked with in other areas as well. But pharmacy residencies are a great networking opportunity, not just with your Mm co-residents, but the other pharmacists there. So I think starting there and then anything you get on top of that is a bonus. Very nice. Yeah, that's great. And it's funny because I didn't have a resident or a co-resident. I was a resident, but I did not have a co-resident. My PGY1, I was the only resident there on my site. And then for PGY2, it's like, well, you're a PGY2 and like the other PGY1s are like hanging out with each other all the time. So you don't really get to like bond as much or you don't really, you know, experience the same issues that they're having because you're doing different things. So it's funny because you're talking about the expectations and I didn't really have an expectation <laughs> going into residency because I'm like, I'm the only one, like whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like sometimes it's good to just allow things to happen and not have these expectations because you never know. Like now you're putting all this pressure on like what your friendships and relationships should look like. Um, so tell me about like your bonding moments. Like how do people kind of bond with their co-resident and if it's not really happening yet for some of our our folks who are listening how do they start that like hey tap on the shoulder let's be friends like i know that sounds so awkward i it's been a very long time since i've been like hi can we be friends but (laughs) i don't know like what is the right way to not the right way but what is like the less awkward way to do it you know i think that it's going to depend on the person too and you have to realize that some people are going to be colleagues and they're never going to be your best friend just because your personalities are different. That happens. Yeah. That's okay too. But I still think it's important to build a relationship in some manner with them. So one of the things that my co-resident, my PGY1 co-resident and I bonded over was the training experience. So the first <laughs> pharmacist that we got to work with, I'm not going to share names, of course, but she is known for being a stickler. Like everything has to be done a specific way and you follow the mm. guide step by step exactly the way it's done. And, you know, you're a scared little PGY1. You're like, I don't even have my license yet. Like <laughs> I'm just trying to like survive. I'm trying to study yeah. for the Naplex every night for like four hours after I finish this. And so we kind of bonded over that relationship of just like, oh, well, you got this wrong, but I got this wrong. We both survived the day without her like getting too angry at us. So that was how we started. It just kind of getting that stress relief with each other and bonding over the shared experience. And I think that's something that all co-residents can 
at least understand is there's some shared experiences that you're having within the program and bonding Mm -hmm. over those and just being there for the other person and like listening to what's going on with them and responding and just sharing your different stories. Mm -hmm. The way our program worked is we actually had a shared rotation, which I think was great for our bonding experience because we were both on the pediatrics rotation at the same time. There were pieces of it that were different and we had like certain topic discussions that were joint and some of the stuff was separate because there were so many different peds floors that we could rotate through. But overall, we had time to get to know each other and how each other practiced and kind of find where my strengths slide and where her strengths slide and how we could help each other. Mm, Yeah. I think that is a huge thing that you can bond over and if you want to build a relationship is going into it and finding how you guys can help and work with each other. So what is somebody really good at? I was good at the graphic design stuff because I had started the YouTube channel. I'd seen that. So when they were trying to make graphics, I showed them all my tools that we were using and everybody started using Canva for our pretty graphics. So that was something I could (laughs) help with and offer. Uh, Mackenzie, which was the PGY2, she was offering us advice for what to do in this program. And then I found that my co-resident was really good with the kids. Like she was such a good person Mm -hmm. to educate the kids. Like she had such the great demeanor. And so learning from her and watching her do those interactions, I was able to learn from her in that manner. And she had a lot of experiences that I didn't have. She had more PICU experience. So she helped me a lot on the PICU rotation. And we were just looking for ways to make the year easier on each other. Oh, I love that. And I think yeah, anybody it's so could easy. It's so easy to also like get in that mindset of comparing yourself against your mm-hmm. co-residents, I imagine. And I feel like that would be kind of a toxic way to develop that relationship. I think that I like what you said about figuring out what you're good at and what they're good at and learning from each other, because it could also be so easy to, I don't know, like, you're like, ugh you know, and just kind of brush that off. And Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think that's a mistake that some people make is they're looking at their co-residents as competition. Maybe everybody's thinking, oh, everybody wants to do a PGY2 and stay on and early commit. And there's not enough positions for all of us. But I think you have to think of it this way is these are going to be your future colleagues, whether you're at that same location or not. And so trying to look at it from that lens versus this is my competition Mm -hmm. because you don't know everybody changes Mm -hmm. their mind in residency. If you haven't, uh, you'll probably will at some point on something that you had planned for your life because residency is a very eye-opening experience. And so you might not be competition. And even if you are, you're all going to end up where you're is the best fit for you. You're going to end up somewhere. You're going to end up with a job. Two years down the road, you're not going to remember like Mm -hmm. those little moments or like those, you know, conflicts that you may have. So yeah. Yeah. Um, What were some difficulties you think interacting with your co-residents? Like what would be some challenges that people would run into and how would they address those things? So I think everybody's stressed at baseline and residency. So being (laughs) stressed out is going to increase your risk for conflict. People are not sleeping. People have a high workload. They're taking care of patients too, that are very critical. Um, It's hard, especially when we were in residency in a peds hospital, like it's hard to watch a patient pass away 
And sometimes that's something you're going through. It's painful. So you're going through these painful experiences. Sometimes that's the first time you've done that. I worked at a children's hospital before, so I had a little bit of experience, but it was a different level of ownership when you become Mm -hmm. the pharmacist in the room. And there were some instances where we had multiple casualties. So I was completely by myself in the ER. The other pharmacist was tending to other patients. And so there's a a very different level of ownership that comes with being the resident and being the pharmacist taking care of those patients. Mm -hmm. And those types of things just make it harder to build relationships in general of any Mm -hmm. kind, co-resident or not, or maintain relationships. Yeah, maintain. Yeah. And so sometimes we said stuff to each other that wasn't nice because we were just tired and we were upset about Mm -hmm. something completely different. And so it's also recognizing that you've done that and come back later and say, I'm sorry, like this, this, and this happened. I apologize for the way I said that, or I apologize for being aggressive and just owning those types of things. Um, you know, when we also bonded over some of those difficult experiences, unfortunately in my residency, both my co-resident and I, my PGY1 co-resident and I lost family members throughout the year. And so just being there for them during those difficult moments. Like what can I do to help offload your work so you can go grieve? I mean, that's, that became a thing. What can I do? Do I need to cover your weekend? You know, like what do I need to do to help you? Um, And then sometimes you're just not going to agree. You're different practitioners. You have different thoughts on how you want to handle stuff. And so when you're working together, you're going to have to go through some difficult conversations and figure out, you're, you know, what's important to you? What do you fight for and yeah. go into a deeper conversation in, and what do you find a compromise for? And what do you, you know, do to stand your ground? Like, where do you stand your ground? Where do you give in? Where do you compromise? And that's just a learning experience that you're going to have to have regardless if you're mm-hmm. in residency or not is, uh, yeah. you're in that process of learning your clinical values and how you want to practice. So just remembering that you're both learning, you're both going through a challenging experience and if they say something that seems out of character, it's probably because they're just exhausted and saw something difficult yeah. and try to try to remember those things. It's hard. It's hard. You got to give each other grace for sure. I mean, I know when I talk about preceptor and, and um, learner conflicts, I'm like, give each other grace. The preceptor needs to give the learner the grace and the other way around. And I think that's the same with anybody that you work with. I think that dealing with co-residents is almost like a precursor to um, – learning how to manage and handle colleagues conflicts, because whatever you learn from your residency, you're going to be able to apply that to a regular job. And guess what? In a regular job, you're going to have a lot of conflicts with the people that you work with. And maybe learning how to handle those types of challenges in residency will help you way more than, you know, like if you have an intimidating um, colleague, maybe you had a difficult co- uh, co-resident that you work with now and like learning how to handle them. So then when you go into a real workplace and now you're full-time pharmacist or like, you know, practicing on your own, now you know how to handle some of those things. I do, I'm curious to know uh, what your thoughts are on this, because this is something that I have experienced as a preceptor is seeing that sometimes when co-residents maybe bond a little bit too much. And I don't, I don't know what that even means, but they almost like kind of like they, they like become this group that's like against, I almost feel like they've kind of like bonded together. And now they're kind of like, we are against everybody in a way, like, you know, uh, maybe that's not like the right description of it. And I, it's hard for me to describe it, but it's like, it's like, I feel like, you guys are such a close-knitted group that like the rest of the pharmacy department can't really like get in there and 
start being friends with y'all because everybody's just so close and they're always together and they're always doing things. So like I never really get to know them one on one or like build any relationship with them individually as preceptor, as a colleague to the resident. Um, I'm curious to know what your thoughts on that would be, because there is this one aspect where people are like bonding over hard experiences and they're working through that. But then they also kind of ignore the fact that we also have this whole pharmacy department that you guys should also be interacting with as well. Like we're all technically colleagues here. You know, mm -hmm. we're all part of this pharmacy department. What do you think about that? So I have two thoughts. The first is coming from the preceptor side. So as a preceptor myself now, I go out of my way to introduce myself to the residents because I'm an elective, like investigational drug service isn't required. I know a lot of them won't ever be on my service and I may be working with them in a more ancillary role, maybe like helping with a project that relates to something that, you know, IDS is involved in, but I want them to know that I am there and I go out of my way to talk to them when I see them. If I see them one-on-one -on -one in the hallway, I walk with them. Like, let's walk, you know, to wherever you're going. You're walking to the cafeteria. Hey, I'm heading that same direction. Like, let's have a quick conversation. And so for mm -hmm. me as a preceptor, I think it's important for us to reach out to those residents and find opportunities to connect with them and build those relationships because they're in the most uncomfortable spot. This is where I work. This is where I live. I have a home. I'm making a decent salary. I'm not struggling to eat. That is a real situation in some residencies, depending on what mm. the salary is, especially now that the, um, you know, we've seen inflation and the rates of or resident salaries have not gone up. So I do know that, you know, especially with the student loans coming in, there's going to be more people struggling with basic needs than we've seen in the past, I mm -hmm. believe, at least in the past few years. And so I know they're struggling. So in my idea from a preceptor is like, let me make it easier on them to build the relationship. So in a couple of months after they've been here, they will look to me to start reaching out and they will want to build that relationship mm -hmm. on their own. Now, I mm -hmm. know that that's not going to be available to everyone. So looking at it from the resident side, is once again, this is a networking opportunity. This is an opportunity for you to get to know other people. And while it's great to have a bonded experience with your co-residents, your preceptors are not out to get you. Like that is not true. It may feel that way sometimes. You're getting difficult feedback. And especially if you're an overachieving student, you may not have gotten critical feedback before or very much of it. And this is probably the first time you're getting that difficult feedback. And it requires you to kind of switch your mindset a little bit. And this is hard. And I struggled with it just as anyone else. But you were at, there in residency to learn. This is a learning opportunity. And every piece of advice somebody gives or feedback that they give you on something to change is an opportunity for you to get better that you wouldn't have had if you hadn't done a residency. You're not getting that same level of critical feedback from your managers or anybody you work with after mm -hmm. residency mm -hmm. because they're not on the front lines with you and they're not seeing everything you're doing. So this is really the opportunity for you to be the best pharmacist you can be. And you can continue to build those relationships because those are the same colleagues that you can go back to when you're practicing and you're the NICU pharmacist or you're the ER pharmacist. If you have those relationships built, those are colleagues that you can use as resources in the future when you do need yeah. help, when you do need that second opinion, or you're building a service that you know already existed, you can reach out to them and figure out how it was done. And so 
you have to think about it in that sense of like, what is this going to do for my career? And your co-residents are great, but your preceptors, mm -hmm. we do a lot of this work and yes, we're getting paid to help with precepting. But when you're precepting, you're also usually staying late and you're not getting paid for that. You're doing work at home. Sometimes you're not getting paid for that. So your preceptors are sacrificing a lot that you probably don't see to teach you. And they do really care, even though maybe sometimes it doesn't <laughs> feel like it. Yeah. And so you have to think about like what is going on on their side and what they're doing to try to help you mm -hmm. grow as a resident. Yeah. I just want to make sure um, that when when residents are starting in their new program that yes, like making friends with your co-residents are going to be a really great experience. You guys are doing so many things together. You're growing together, but you have to also realize and make sure you prioritize that you are blending yourself in with the rest of the pharmacy department, because that's going to make such a huge difference in your career moving forward. Like who can you ask for to get to write that letter of recommendation? You can't ask your co-residents to write your letter of recommendations. Um, and just like, getting network with other people in the pharmacy um, field. Like you are now part of the profession and you are one of us, even though you are a resident, you are a licensed professional and it's time to think outside of like, oh, we are just this group of young kids like growing together. Like you are, but you're also part of the pharmacy department. So I would suggest that that means make conversations too with bond with your coworkers, bond with your preceptors. They're also wanting to like get to know you. So bond with your preceptors, bond with the people that you're working with, bond with the nurses, the social workers, like everybody that's in the, that building, because that's how you grow as a professional. Like, yes, you're learning your clinical skills, but you're also learning what it's like to be a healthcare provider. And don't like, don't lose sight of that is something that I really want to mention and talk about. Um, I had to definitely learn that because I was the only resident mm -hmm. <laughs> in the program. So I had to build relationships with my coworkers and like talk to them and like, um, you know, just, just all of those things. And some of my favorite people are nurses to work with and to talk to and the social workers and everybody. So don't forget that you're also part of the pharmacy department. So that means, hey, maybe show up to that potluck or hey, mm -hmm. like, you know, create a, create an event and like invite everybody to the department or whatever, or, um, or invite everybody in the department to go to that event or whatever, but don't focus solely on just you as like the single group as part of, you know, as part of this department, like you guys are all part of it now. So that's something that I really do want to talk about because I find that mm -hmm. to be very important and not a lot of people talk about it because so much focus is on that co-resident relationship, but do you have anything and I to think, add to that? Yeah, I, do, I have a couple things to add that I thought of <laughs> as you were saying that. So first yeah. is also the pharmacy technicians. Be friends mm. with the pharmacy technicians. It, oh, yeah, I don't I know those. how many times <laughs> they saved my rear on <laughs> rotations where I was like, I don't know how to do this operational thing. Let me text mm -hmm. this, you know, like message the technician that's like on that floor today or I know is downstairs that like can help me with this because they're your colleagues too. And yeah. my co-resident and I, that's one thing we like built relationships with them early on. And I'm still friends with some of those technicians that were in my residency program. They are like yeah. great human beings and they're such a good asset to the team. So not just, you know, you mentioned like nurses and social workers and the pharmacists, yeah. but also those other people, like we were friends with the people who came and cleaned uh, the desk and our trap, mm -hmm. like be friends with those people too, like everybody in there. <laughs> We're all on the same yeah. mission to help the patients. So that's one yes. thing. The yes. other thing is 
you may stay on as a pharmacist after residency. So building those relationships, those are going to be the people who interview you. Those are then going to be your coworkers. And so it's a much smoother transition into pharmacist world, like into that pharmacist life. If you've built a relationship with them before, Mm -hmm. because they're going to know you, they're going to have some trust built with you. And you're going to be able to build off of that when you step into that staffing role or that clinical specialist role, whatever it is after graduation from your residency program. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Very, very true. Honestly, I think some of the techs that I've worked with, like they're so awesome and I, they're, they're even just more fun than pharmacists sometimes. Not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you, Sierra. I don't want to take too long um, in terms of this live because I feel like we've, we've answered a lot of really great, um, you've answered a lot of really great questions and we've touched on a lot of really good topics. I guess final thoughts on my end would be to not have these, you know, unrealistic expectations, kind of like what Sierra was saying, like, they may not be your bridesmaid or groomsman or whatever. And that's okay. That is just part of life. That is just part of colleagues and coworkers and all of that. So know that. And then the other part of it is you, you're a resident and maybe you're not getting paid as much and maybe you're still in that training mode, but you're also part of the pharmacy department. Now you are an employee, Mm -hmm. you deserve the same respect, the same rights, but you also need to put yourself out there just as everybody is in that kind of workspace. So don't close yourself off. Don't um, just keep to yourself because you do need that support system so much. I do want to tell a story considering that I was the only resident in my study. I know I said that like six times during this live, <laughs> but it is needs to be reminded. Um, but I was at this smaller hospital and I knew we had a sister hospital at a different uh, a different city, I guess, but it was still drivable. So I, um, I was told like, Hey, reach out to this person. So guess what? Like I did, I was, I wanted that support system. I wanted that group of people that I can go to, to like ask for help or whatever. So I remember emailing <laughs> one of the residents at the other site, just like, I've never met them before, but I'm just going to put out this email. Like, hi, I'm Sue. I'm new to the city. I'm doing, you know, um, Petra one here. I know that you guys are sister site with us and I might be going over there for a couple of things. So blah, 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 blah. I would really like to know you and just send out that email. And I mean, they could, it was like a very, like, I don't know how to express, uh, describe it. It was like kind of like stressful in a way because you're like, oh my gosh, what if they think I'm weird for doing that or whatever? But you know, that moment of discomfort led to a lot of like experiences with those co-residents because they're like, oh, sure, like come have dinner with us here and whatever. And even though I don't mm-hmm. see them all the time, like it was so nice for them to invite me to these events anyways. And it's like, put yourself out there, guys. Like, it's okay. It's it's that moment, one moment of discomfort. And if they re- reject you, they like never respond. It's okay. Cause now you can move on and do other things, but don't let that moment of discomfort discourage you from you know, putting yourself out there. So what are your last thoughts, Sierra? Uh, I would completely agree with that. And the other thing I would add to that, and you kind of hinted here, is you can make the first move if you really want to build those relationships. You should not expect somebody else to do that for you. You're going to have to put yourself out there and be uncomfortable and be the one, you know, if you want that kind of relationship, you have to be the one to say, let's go grab dinner or maybe Mm. plan something with your co-residents if you want to see that happen. And 
it'll be worth it in the end one way or another, because you'll either figure out that this person is somebody you want to continue to build a friendship with, or you're going to find that they're going to be a colleague and that's okay. And you can have a professional relationship with them at work and maybe branch out and find somebody else to be your friend in that city outside of that. I was friends with some of the pharmacy students because I had met them previously. We were in the same um, district for APHA. And so I was still friends with them. So sometimes I just wanted to have friends that were outside of work that we Mm -hmm. did not talk about work when we were outside of work. So I would do that as well. So you can have both types of friendships or relationships and that's okay. But if you want to build a more friendship, you might have to go out of your way and put in some effort in order to get some of that relationship building to happen. Yeah, moving to a different state or a different place can be really challenging when you're young, but it's also so much fun. Like, I look back at that year when I was in Indiana and I was like, wow, I've grown so much. I wouldn't have grown that much if I didn't step out of my comfort zone and move. So go ahead and do it, guys. So this next part here is for any questions that anybody may have for us. If you have any dying questions, like I'm struggling here and I'm my co-residence this and I need help with whatever. Let us know in the comments below. So while you guys are typing in the questions, Sierra, why don't you tell us a little bit about the projects that you've been working on? Because I know you're, you're a content queen. You're putting stuff out there. You're getting yourself out there. And I think your message is really important. And I think you're willing to be vulnerable, which is so cool and, and candid with everybody. So tell us what you've been working on. So you can always find me on Instagram. I'm always posting like the shorts and reels and that sort of thing on there and YouTube as well. I'm doing podcast episodes now at least once a week. And then I'm also doing some fun vlogs that I have recorded that are coming up about day in the life. But the big event that I hope some of you will be able to attend is I'm going to be hosting a webinar on how to build confidence as a pharmacist, as a new pharmacist, as you're growing into the profession and stepping into that newer role, how do you build that? (laughs) And so you can go and register. It's a free event at happyfarmlife.com forward slash confidence. And if you can't attend live, I'm also going to send out a replay. So if you're watching this later down the line, you'll be able to go to that same website and put your information in, I can send you a link to the replay. So I hope you're able to go to that. It's going to be the tips and tricks that I wish I would have had whenever I was a resident or a new pharmacist. So yeah, guys, get off of Reddit. I mean, just kidding. Reddit is fun. But sometimes (laughs) Reddit can be so intense. And sometimes you just never know, like the kind of advice you're going to get on there. So like, find somebody that you can really relate to on social media and like attend some of these meetings and webinars, because we're really using our lived experience to help you grow. Like we're like, I can't believe I went through that. And I don't want somebody else to go through that either. So come join me and I'm going to talk about it. And, you know, learning through sharing and uh, through sharing stories and like connecting with each other's. It's a lot more fun than like, I don't know who you're getting advice from on Reddit. I mean, Reddit's fun and it's very entertaining, but (laughs) Um, all right. Well, that's my last advice for today, (laughs) but you know, it is what it is. Okay. Anybody have any questions at all? I don't see any questions so far, but um, if you guys do have any questions, just feel free to DM me or DM Sierra. Um, Sierra, you have a LinkedIn account um, now, and then we'll put all of your social media information um, in the comments below so people can follow you. And thanks so much for joining us uh, today. I'm so excited to get to host another LinkedIn Live event. And 
stay tuned for the next one. Um, so you guys have a great weekend. Have a great day, Sierra. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing us, sharing your wonderful thoughts with us. Thank you for having me. It was a great experience. Hopefully this helped a lot of people. Yes, definitely. Bye guys.